It's all things MMA on Casey Lore and for Scoreline.ie. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always on screen and in your ears by Team Rhino Kilkenny's Miles Price. How you doing? How are things? Hey, Ken. Oh, not too bad, thanks. Good to see the sun back out again. It was uh, pretty miserable the last few days. It has been, and, and hopefully it gets to stick around for a few days as well. Uh, we did all manner of predictions for UFC 279 last week, and in some kind of weird parallel universe all of the predictions went out the window because the majority of the fight cards seemed to go out the window uh, on Friday or Saturday we had uh, major backstage scuffles where we saw a press conference being cancelled for security reasons uh, we saw Hamzat Shimaev come in uh, like seven and a half pounds or something over the welterweight limit of, of 171 for his headline fight with Nate Diaz that ultimately got scrapped. Then we see Nate Diaz gets thrown into the welterweight mix with Tony Ferguson. So Lee feels like he's robbed, goes on to lose a split decision win as well in his fight. And then we see Hamzat get uh, Kevin Holland in a catchweight bout, despite the fact that Kevin Holland weighed in nearly 10 pounds lighter than uh, Hamzat uh, and get completely out-wrestled. How was your UFC 279 weekend? <laughs> that sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, well, I think it's entertaining for the fans, though, isn't it? Like, you know, from an outside perspective, like we all like indulging in a little bit of drama and carnage. So I think that that was, uh, you know, exciting news across the board for fans. <laughs> it was a little funny, though, that like the first thing that the UFC come out about and go, we're just going to shut this down. This isn't a conspiracy theory. We haven't arranged this in order to have Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson do their thing. We haven't arranged it to get Hamzat an easy win against, uh, not that any anyone would be an easy win, but it turned out to be an easy win against Kevin Holland. We haven't screwed anything out of, or anybody out of anything. Um, but give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts first on, um, on the missed weight at welterweight. We've spoken a lot about the, the professionalism and managing weight cuts and things like that. With Hamza Chumayev, the UFC have um, a, a kind of a rare breed of an athlete on their hands in that he's, he's almost, what Barry Gilbert Burns, he's almost walked through everybody who he's faced under UFC contract. He's still undefeated as a fighter. Um, and to, to turn up on the scales for a main event on a, a pay-per-view with a lot of eyes on you, with a lot of money riding on it, and then completely and utterly disregard, you know, the, the rules and the preparation for the competition. Like he didn't even, he didn't even look like he was bothered when he got up in the scales. And they knew, obviously, before the, the ceremonial weigh-ins and, and the the official weigh-ins that, you know, his weight wasn't going to, wasn't going to come to pass at all. But, Mm. To do it and to do it in in such a manner. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, what I thought straight away was, um, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, what I thought was straight away is that um, one Hamzat definitely has issues of weight cutting as it is, hence why he goes from welterweight to middleweight. Two is that. Uh, it's kind of evidence as of that is like if you look at the last embedded, I think it was where he fought Gert Burns. Like you know, he was going through a pretty drastic cut there. Like you know, he wasn't doing very well. Um, and then also, I think that maybe a doctor told him to stop. 
Now, how much of an influence he and his team had on that decision? Do you know the way if he's having a tough cut, says he can't make it, expresses that he doesn't eat that with the team, look, I've had enough, I can't go through another cut mentally right now or physically, then you could easily kind of go and play the doctor's card, go to the doctor, go, look, he's had a hard cut, blah, blah, blah. Doctor's written something off. Next thing he kind of, he looks, it looks good for him then, doesn't it, you know? Could have been that involved too, you know. But as you said, I'm kind of going towards that side of things because as you finally put it, and a few others have finally put it to me as well, is that he did look pretty okay on the mm. scales, you know. He didn't look drawn out. He didn't look anyway guilty or anything like that. He more looked like, well, I don't give a fuck what you think. I got away with it, you know. And yeah. I'd say that's probably more along the lines of what happened. Or maybe he didn't take the fight as seriously as what he should have. I know Darren Till was saying it on the on the embedded, like, oh, he's uh, he's training harder than everyone, and then everyone people aren't saying are saying that is he taking this fight lightly? Maybe he did take the fight lightly. Of course, his teammate is going to say that, and he's going to say whatever needs to be said to protect his teammate. But maybe he didn't take Nate Diaz's as uh, seriously as he should have hence the way cut you know well, it turned out to be an interesting an interesting wind up I mean we see he still he still gets to fight I presume that he, he needs needed to, to forfeit whatever he was going to get on the, the pay-per-view side of things or the, the percentage of his purse to, to Kevin Holland but then he goes out and he he you know he he shoots just after the glove touch uh, and then bounces Kevin Holland around the mat for two and a half minutes before he gets to submit him. Um, what's what's the next move from? Is, is it to stay? Is it to stay at middleweight? Uh, I'd say he's in this kind of uh, he's kind of in this position where he's pretty flexible with the UFC. I'd say, like you know, like he, he's kind of going down that McGregor road where mm-hmm. he has a lot of he has a lot of power as to what he wants to do. If he wants to be a middleweight and fight for the title, he's probably going to get that opportunity. Welterweight fights for the title, he's probably going to get that opportunity. I don't see, I don't see, I think the UFC are probably going to strike while the iron's hot now and give him like a a, a title shot, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Either middleweight or welterweight, but I'm suspecting welterweight, really, you know. Uh, oh, a title shot at welterweight, so that would be Hamzad and Leon Edwards. Which, mm. if if having watched Hamzat and and Kevin Holland, I, I I would fear I would fear a little for for Leon Edwards in that regard. As much as Me as too, much yeah. as I, as much as I like Leon Edwards, uh, you kind of get the feeling that that Hamzat's just going to steamroll whoever's in his way. So when he, when and I went, think. Go on. And I think that the UFC would be bold enough as well to to make that the next fight as well. Yeah. And like they'll he'll overstep Bilal, overstep Tyrone or uh, Usman's rematch. Yeah. I, I I think I think the figures will speak for themselves because Hamzat wins the title, which he probably would against Leon. Like it's just a better story, isn't it? For yeah. uh, for like the UFC, if Hamzat wins, which he would, I'd say, and then he has to fight. Uh, you know, the the ex champ is coming back to regain his title. It's just a bigger. It just it's just a bigger fight. I think. You know, how do you feel about that? I I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's you put him in a title picture. I think anybody is going to watch it. 
um, whether whether or not the UFC would would be that quick to disregard what had happened. There'll be a lot of fighters that are pissed. Yes, um, but at the end of the day, the UFC kind of does what the UFC does, <laughs> uh, and it's and it's it's their show. It's their call. If that's how they see they're going to do it, and if that's how they're going to turn a buck out of it, then then fair enough. Does it open up the possibility, or does it further the possibility of discussions about reviewing? Their um, weight classes lie, uh, or you know, a shift in a, a shift in a couple of pounds one way or the other for welterweight, or a shift in a couple of pounds one way or the other for middleweight. Like a lot of these guys, um, and I, I, I don't know how I don't know how you approach it yourself when when it comes to uh, a fight week. But if you're if you're weighing in at one seventy, there's every possibility that Hamzat goes back into the cage against whether it was against Nate Diaz or whether it was against um Kevin Holland and he's 190 195 200 on mm. on that mark um mm. with with I suppose with with kind of weight cutting uh starting to become an issue for for both male and female fighters and we we've seen a couple of shock stories over the last year of people coming in you know 3 4 and 5 pounds out and the body starting to the body starting to shut down they might not quite be the fighter for the next class up as it is like there's a fair gulf between welterweight and middleweight but does the conversation need to start happening sooner rather than later for for that kind of middle ground between the two well, I think the UFC. I think I think the conversation for added weight classes and better fighter pay is a discussion that should have happened ten years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's not like a new topic. Like, you know, this is something that is like so blatantly obvious in regards to fighter health and fighter. There is like it comes down to that those two things, doesn't it? It's yeah. respecting it's respecting the fighters and their their worth and respecting their health. And the UFC don't do either. They don't care about fighters' worth. They don't care about a fighter's value. And they don't give a shit, excuse me, French, about their health. Because if they did, they'd add more weight classes. Why aren't you adding more weight classes? Oh, because of this, because of that. But what's the sacrifice? What's the sacrifice? That small sacrifice may be whatever it is for an individual's health. Not, Not much. You should do that, you know. What like? How about giving a little bit more of the pie of the billion dollar industry you have to treating your workers a little bit better? Because any major corporation understands that treating your workers from the very bottom of your roster to the top is super important for longevity. So I really do feel like, as you know, it doesn't seem like a possibility now, but I think the UFC will come to crash and burn eventually. Or there'll be another organization, or every there'll be so many big organizations that will be spread too so thin in regards to quality of athletes that uh, that the UFC will very much be downgraded in value in future years because of because of these two huge things. Like you know, they're massive. Like they're huge. You know, you can't get away with treating your your athletes and your roster of athletes like crap. You just can't do it, like, you know? And it comes down to their health with the weight classes and their pay with their respect and their value. Moving on from there, the big event, the main event, became Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson. Mm. Secretly, 
I think this was I think this was the fight that a lot of people didn't know that they really wanted until it was announced on the card and they were like oh my god that makes way more sense how these guys haven't fought in the UFC in all the years at lightweight or welterweight uh, is a little bit of a mystery um, we spoke last week about how uh, you know kind of trying to figure out a path for Tony Ferguson afterwards when it was in relation to a loss to uh, Hamzat because it 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 could have been it could have been a very it could have been a very different uh, or sorry Hamzat was with uh, was with Nate Diaz would have been a, a loss against Lee but now that it's a loss against uh, Nate Diaz and the form the form that they both showed like Tony Tony Ferguson looked like a kind of a OG style of Tony Ferguson ready to go mm. to town ready to work the legs ready to take the licks across the four rounds he got caught with the guillotine. But that's the nature of the game. Both of them super high skilled on the on the jujitsu side of things. Nate Diaz, I don't know, like there was like wicked showmanship between the two of them. Diaz was doing his thing, kind of moving through the rounds as if he's not arsed, but secretly he's arsed and he's going for the win. Um he gets the last fight of his contract, declares that he's a free man, he's got the new fight promotion starting up. There's a lot of things that are gonna happen next. For what you saw of Diaz and Ferguson, how how did the fight sit with you? Uh, well, I I think it worked out perfectly for for Nate Diaz because the UFC were kind of setting him up for that kind of the bad fall to devalue him before he moves on to do his own things because he haven't yeah. got yes they haven't got control of him anymore. Yeah, so, so I think it's it was you've been the you've been the bad guy, so we're going to put you up against our new pitbull. You're going to get smart. yeah. You're going to leave with your head hanging, whereas now it's like, you know, he, he gets to give the finger to the UFC walking out the door going, I told you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a part of me that thinks so as well, that he, he mightn't leave the UFC, you know, that he could just like, you know, in the height of the main event and winning and he might move on to something else in the UFC now. Who knows? Like, you know, yeah. who knows? Like, like. Uh, I think he'll definitely run his new promotion and stuff like that. Like, I mean, that looks good. Yeah. But uh, in general, I think the fight went really well. I think Tony looked really good. But I think Tony is a little bit... I, I, I'd be a little... I, I was kind of talking about this last week as well. I'm a little bit worried about Tony in regards to... Not worried, like, you know, obviously I don't have anything to do with him. Like, you know, I, I think he should be concerned and people yeah. around him should be concerned about finding further purpose after he competes, because he's not a young pup anymore. He's like 37 going on 38. He's definitely passed his best days. His best days were when he was meant to fight Habib for the title. Mm-hmm. They're gone now, you know? It's that simple. Like, yeah, he's he's going to show flashes of the Tony Ferguson of old, but at the end of the day, it is a young man's game. And some lads do age a lot differently than others in regards to the fight game. Just because Glover Texera won a lightweight, light heavyweight title later on in his career, doesn't mean that anybody else could do that like it there's a lot of factors to come into why you can age correctly and still compete at the highest level as well i think tony seems to me like it's fighting or it's nothing you know like i think he needs to find something outside of fighting that's going to really tick his tick the boxes that kind of that satisfy the fighter side of him as well you know and that mightn't necessarily be coaching either you know might have to be something else because Tony's always kind of come across as a little bit 
a little bit nutty. You know, he's not really he's entertaining because he's he's not exactly the social norm of a character, is he? You know, so <laughs> so I think I think I think that he's he looked really good, but he's st- he still definitely needs to put a lot of thought into what he's going to do after his career because you can see that his ego isn't the same either. You know, he hasn't got that stern bloodlust kind of attitude you know and that does fade over time you know athletes that does that does shed over time and 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 tony looked almost like you know he was picking nate up he was hugging him he was smiling he was walking around the cage he was happy to be there he wasn't happy to be the ruthless winner you know yes and unfortunately that happens in a fight game you know so i think that's kind of where he's at now you know Okay. Well, we'll we'll see what happens with it. As far as I know, he has fights left on his contract. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But as as to whether those get exercised or not, there wasn't any kind of major announcement as to whether Ferguson would be would be staying put or, or going or does he need to pick up things. But he could certainly do with that. He could certainly do with a win. Um, whenever whenever he fights again, presuming that he fights again for the UFC, and uh, yeah. can Parking the UFC and stuff for there. I know there's a fight night this weekend with uh, Corey Sandhagen is in action as well at bantamweight, um, and we'll, we'll probably look at that on the website online at scoreline.ie. But given that we're we're heading into kind of a couple of busy weeks, uh, Bellator are said to make a return to Dublin as well. The three arena. Oh the 20, yeah, twenty third of this month. Yeah. Uh, the headline event uh, is uh, a former uh, fight partner of yours, uh, Peter Queeley, who gets a run out against yeah. Ben Henderson. Uh, right. At one at one stage, you may have been in contention to to meet. Um, any early thoughts on this one? Have you been? Oh, have, yeah, you, I, have you been keeping I an forgot. eye? I forgot I was going to fight Ben Henderson. Jesus Christ, you were a better memory than I do about my own memory. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Uh, um, how, how do I feel like that's going to go? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I think that possibly, I think I think it's going to be a good fight, but I, I, I can't really see Peter coming out winning that fight, to be honest with you, you know? I think it'll be a tough fight, but Peter Peter is very good at kind of like pulling fights out of the bag. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh but I just don't think he's going to have the like look, I'll put it to you this way, right? I thought he won the fight. Okay. Uh but Henderson versus uh Islam Islam Mamedov. Do you know Islam Mamedov? He kinda of hangs around he, yeah, he ha- my mate. <laughs> my my buddy. Well, uh, but he hangs around with like Habib and all those lads and he fought Ben Henderson there a while ago and, and Ben Henderson bet him you know yes. and yeah. now I, what I will say is that that uh, that Islam Mehmedov is a fucking machine like he's a bit like I used to spar him a lot yeah. and he's an he's a, he's an animal bro like he's yeah. an animal like it was close it was a, it was a split decision in the wind up that's, that's it was close January I thought week. I thought I thought that he won yeah. personally, Islam. But still, that's the level you're talking about. And I just feel like that Peter is good, but I don't yeah. I don't think Peter's that level. I think he's the most promoted guy in Bellator, Irish Bellator. Like he's like the poster boy for Ireland. But I yeah. don't think that he's at this he's at the same level as Ben Henderson. But look, he has pulled he has pulled fights out of the bag. He's tough, he's resilient. 
But yeah. I think that's I think that's his best attributes, his toughness and his resilience. I don't think skill wise he has what it takes to beat Ben. That's what I'm saying. With all due respect, like you know, I know he's a previous opponent and all that and all that stuff. Yeah, I admire his resilience. I admire his toughness. But I think that Ben Henderson has resilience and toughness, but he also has the skills that do slightly. Yeah, I think they. It's not that Peter doesn't have skills. I just think that that Ben has more skills and across the board as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's uh, this card is is for Bellator Dublin or Bellator two eighty five uh, Henderson versus Quiddy. There's there's a load of uh, Irish guys that are going to be involved in the card. Kieran Clark uh, gets a fight on the main card at one forty five against George Sassu of France. Liam McCourt is back on the card as well, taking on Brazil's Diana Silva. Brian Moore. Uh, meets Arivaldo Silva Derek Kelly gets his second pro fight at 155 uh, against Kai Stevens uh, Carl Moore is on the card as well uh, and the, the co-main event should be an interesting one uh, both for, for US and for Irish audience as well Yoel Romero uh, and Melvin hmm. Manhoff at 205 oh um, wow I got I got some I got look inside inside thing right <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Manhoff is going to get destroyed. You reckon? I'm telling you. Oh, man. I, I, when I was over at UFD gym, right, and, uh, in, in, in Dusseldorf, yeah, yeah. Manhoff was doing like a couple of sparring sessions there. And I walked in one day. I didn't know this was happening. I just went downstairs. And next thing, Melvin Manhoff is in sparring with all the lads in the gym. And I'm not messing with you, right? The lads that were sparring against him, You'd expect, all I'm going to say is that you'd expect someone of Manhoff's caliber to be destroying them. Be the large Jesus boy. He was in the air every two seconds, getting hot there of it, wrestling wise. Like, I'm not messing with you. It's like either Manhoff, either Manhoff gets a serious knockout or he is getting smashed wrestling wise. That's not sugarcoating the thing either. Like, I'm telling you. Okay, there, there's our, there's our first banker for the new season, uh, Yoel Romero to uh, destroy Melvin Manhoff at Bellator Dublin. It's the 23rd of December, it's a Friday night, you'll find tickets online at Ticketmaster. Uh, you get the details of the card uh, online later this week at scoreline.ie or you can check bellator.com uh, as well for details. Uh, Miles, before we let you go, um, anything of interest or anything of note for you for the week ahead or if people are looking to reach out to you, how can they do so? Uh, you can just reach out to me on uh, um, Team Rhino Kilkenny on Instagram there if you have any inquiries about the gym or just want to have an old chat or look. Excellent. <laughs> Can't bait a good old shot. Uh, no. On that note, uh, he has been Miles Price of Team Rhino Kilkenny. I've been Ken McGuire uh, for scoreline.ie and Casey Lauren. We will do all of this again next week somewhere in the world. Good luck. <laughs>